Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Raven Hill Roundup. Now, going to be a wee bit different this week. It is just me for the vast majority, Jamie. Uh, Lewis was on holiday. He has sent me a wee clip just before getting the talking about the games. Uh, play it for you and you'll get to see his thoughts and trials. Just before we start... I would like to say thank you for the support that we've been getting so far and I hope that continues. Last week, the first week, bit of a tester, wanted to get familiar with the setup, doing a wee bit of different style, trying to work out. So from this week, this is us going properly into it. Um, wee bit different still obviously with it just being me. So from next week, you'll have the full proper commentary and hopefully we will also be on YouTube. I'm working out on it at the minute, trying to get the setup sorted. And it's also going to be good because it's probably the biggest match of this half of the season anyway will be happening. So basically before we get in, I just want to say this is a fan channel. We want to get you involved as much as possible. So if you have thoughts on the game, if you want to have a talk with us about it, go ahead. We're happy for you to shoot us a wee DM on Instagram or uh, you can go to either of us if you know us. Uh, you can do, just send us a text with what you think. We'll talk about it. You can be anonymous. You can say your name, show that you're a fan. Do whatever you want. If you want to just have a picture and we'll have a talk about it. If you and an Ulster top getting kicked in the face by a rugby ball. We're happy enough with that. Do what you feel you want to do with this channel. It is yours at the end of the day. We want to get you involved as much as possible and get your voice shown. So shoot us a DM and we'll get you on the show in some form. Whether you want to do a voice note or just the text. So, jumping into the game. It was Ulster versus Scarlet last week. And I must say, it was a very, very impressive game. From both sides, really. Um, really good match. But before I get into talking about it, I will show you... Lewis's clip that he sent me from lovely Portugal. Yeah, I think it's hard to be anything other than impressed with the five points. I mean, what a thriller of a game. It was end to end, and you just had no way of knowing what way the game was going to go right up until the last minute. Ulster put some big points on the board. The Scarlets responded. Ulster flew out ahead. The Scarlets responded. And it took it right to the end of the game to realise that Ulster were, were going to go on and win the game. And that's credit to the Scarlets as well. Their fight back was, was absolutely superb. They just never gave up. But it's Ulster's first league win at the Scarlets in a decade since 2012. So Dan McFarland will be really impressed with that result. It's two from two, 10 points out of 10 points. They couldn't have had a better start, really. And for me, it's probably the best opening 15 minutes of a game you'll see this season from any team in the URC. Ulster came flying out of the blocks. No real handling errors, no real mistakes, and they just put the Scarlets to the sword. The Scarlets had no way of dealing with the Ulster attack, so that's something they'll be really impressed with. 
And for me, players that stood out, the main one had to be John Cooney. Certainly deserved of man of the match. He was absolutely flawless in the game, despite that one missed penalty. That was that was really his only mistake in the entire game. For me, he was absolutely superb. Two tries, 30 points. His first game of the season, his first game since last season, obviously didn't play internationally for Ireland over the summer, but he was absolutely brilliant and he'll need to be. He's got a fight on his hands to keep his jersey. We saw how well Nathan Doak played last week, so he certainly hit back there. And for me, throughout the game, Ulster were really ruthless in attack. It was, it was every time... They had the ball, they looked like they were going to score. It didn't matter where it was. You just thought a line break was coming or they were going to win the penalty. And Cooney controlled the game really well. His speed of passing was absolutely brilliant. He was calm in defence. He was calm when exiting from his own 22. So certainly man of the match for me, John Cooney. Another player I think we need to mention is Michael Lowry. 143 metres made, the most of any team in the URC in round two. He had another brilliant game. Uh, line breaks all over the place and caused the Scarlets to make a couple of high tackles on him. And they couldn't live with him. Every time he got the ball, he looked like making a line break. He looked like going up the pitch and scoring. And again, on his, his first start of the season... He looked really, really impressive. And for me also, the back row, specifically Marcus Ray and Nick Timoney, were absolutely super. A couple of huge turnovers from Marcus Ray, right on his own try line. Timoney carried well, and a good few turnovers from him as well. So very impressive in the back row. Obviously, looking ahead, a very tough one to come up against Leinster this week at the Kingspan Friday night. Should be a full house, so you'd expect a big atmosphere. And I think it's going to be an absolute thriller, to be honest. Leinster will, of course, have their internationals back. Expect to see the likes of Gary Ringrose, Robbie Henshaw, Johnny Sexton. Expect to see the big guns coming back in for Leinster. And Ulster are going to have to deal with that. They're obviously missing nine players to this emerging Ireland tour. And naming a few, Robert Balakin, Nathan Doak, some big, big players for Ulster will be missing. So they're going to need another huge performance at home next week to keep their winning run going. I think John Cooney spoke really well at the end of the game in his interview. He talked about how last season came down to small margins, how early on against the Stormers in both games they went down by 14 points really early on and it was always a fight back from there to get back into the game. And they wanted to show today that they're going to be out of their blocks early this season and that they're going to cause some some trouble to the opposition. And they really did that today. And if they can do that against Leinster next week at the Kingspan Stadium at home with a full house, a big crowd behind them, I think it'll be very difficult for Leinster to come back into the game. Right. Thank you to Lewis for doing that when he was on holiday. Um, my opinions on the match... I've got to say, I don't see anything wrong with any of them players this week. I think everyone either put in a solid performance or an excellent performance. You understand from watching that match why there are so many Ireland players and just international in general really in that squad. And you understand why we have so many away in the emerging Ireland squad. My man of the match, I know you would say 
Kenny. Yes, it is Kenny. I mean, like Lewis said in his clip, he's challenged for his position. He's just came back, not in the international, and pulls out a performance like that. It is something that very few people can do under that kind of pressure. And I think that him working, especially with Michael Laurie, I noticed, uh, for I think it was his first try, whenever they break through the line together, I think that that partnership worked really well. Uh, and sort of his, his whole command of the back line and getting them organised and his work from the scrums was excellent. His work from the rucks and just his general gameplay was excellent. This week, I can't fault them. You know, obviously there's wee nitpicks you can give and sort of, oh, he could do better at his run or he, he can get clear faster, but at the end of the day, he got two tries. He converted seven pens. Like, what else can you ask from him? I think that Ulster just done really well to get the points that they needed. They went two tries ahead, and then Scarlet's did answer straight away. But then it sort of yo-yoed that wee bit until the end of the match. But then the go out and smash just three tries in a row, I believe it was. Uh, it was. It's just. It's really, really good play and really concise play, and you see that that mentality. You know, if you're yo-yoing with the score, you might get that wee bit tired or you might sort of think that you're losing grip on the game, but not these Ulster lads. They just went straight in for it, not caring, just going straight for the points, straight for the try, doing everything right. Uh, going back to John Cooney, he got 30 points last weekend. I mean, for it being his first game since last season... And Ulster's second game of the season. To have just one player get 30 points. Never mind the team actually getting 55. It shows the connectiveness. I mean, you could say that oh, it was a one-man show. But even at that, you know, if you took away his tries, still win. You know? Uh... Or not try, sorry, pen, penalties. Um, still win. You know, he, if he were to take John Kenny out of that team, though, I don't think it would have been the game it was. Which is impressive whenever you think he's in contention for being taken out of the squad and rotation-wise. You also had tries from captain Alan O'Connor. You had Marty Murr, Marcus Ray, Billy Burns, and Tom O'Toole uh, for Ulster. And all tries, I think, were good. You know, it was. There was nothing extreme about them, but that's what this game was. It was doing the basics right, breaking through the line, or getting the push with your forwards. You know, the rocks, uh, the first try. It was, you know, it was inside six months. It was in the sixth minute. Uh, they were in the, basically at the try line. 
by the fifth minute of the match. And you had the forwards just going straight in for the rucks and just going out, holding that. I think it was two, maybe three rucks in total um, before the try. And it was just the forwards working together along with the other tries, the ones that came from the backs. You know, it was the backs working together. It was passing play, running plays. You know, it was everyone just working as one consistent team. Even, I would probably say, even a lot of Scarlet's tries. I can't even say a lot, they only had a couple. But even the Scarlet's tries, they weren't, I wouldn't say that they were from mistakes. I think it was just an inevitability for them to get the tries. Um, You know, you're going through play after play and you've just got two tries. You're going to be on a high horse. You know, getting two tries within that short amount of time. You're going to have a bit of looseness and I think that's what happened. It was inevitable to come, same with the others. You're not going to have just a clean sheet game against a team like Scarlet's, especially away. I believe it was a very dominant game, especially whenever we have a total of nine players out in the Emerging Ireland Tour. Um, and you also have a number of players just back from the actual Ireland squad and their tour that they've done. Um, you know, you're. You're going into this game with people who haven't played in that first game. People who haven't actually trained, really. You know, you are getting that week's training, but you're not getting the work with your new defensive coats. You're not getting work with any new players that have came in, really. It's just you're getting familiar with the team again, the tactical style after being away with Ireland. And to come away from that game such a big difference in maximum points you know it's it makes uh next week's game even more important against Leinster because it's such a big game whenever you think about the table even this early on you know it's the only two teams that have maximum points and I think that it opens us up in the possibility they may be getting our heads but I hope it doesn't um Going into the game, you have the yellow card, uh, which, to be honest, for me, the first one anyway, I don't particularly see it as a yellow card. Maybe it could be me going and, you know, uh, I like rough play, I I want to see the boys just smash into each other, chuck out the welfare, get them all out. I want to see some boys clashing heads and... Now, obviously, you don't want to see that in a professional game because you don't want people to get injured. But to me, it was two people going up in the air for a ball and one fell wrong whenever they caught it. Uh, Not anyone's fault in my eye. I think that's the best way for me to sort of put it. I don't think it was anyone's fault. And I think that whenever you go for the yellow card um i don't think that you can give it to someone whenever you don't see fault in it and that's what it was in my eyes um whenever you go to the second yellow it's a bit more contentious obviously i I do see it as a yellow and 
I think that it's what gave us then that ability to go on and get more points. Uh, I mean, after the second yellow, um, it was 14 points like that. You know, it was super, super fast. And I don't think that Scarlet's were able to handle. I think that they were already getting tired because of the first yellow card and having to work with like that that full uh, side out on the pitch for the the time and then to get a second yellow whenever you're already down and Ulster are going on to the front foot again. Um I think that it it shows um that Scarlet's Scarlet's they're good, but I don't think they're at that level that you see Ulster, Leinster, you know, them kinda teams playing at at the minute. Um getting into individual players um the ratings for me uh Michael Laurie I would put as an 8 coming back from Ireland putting in a performance like that and just working the field I think was excellent I'm I'm a big fan of Laurie I'm always going to put him up a point or two than what other people are going to I think he's he's revolutionized uh Ulster's back line Aaron Sexton, seven. You know, he, he done what he needed to do. Uh, he got into the hard work of it and worked the strengths in the game and the team strength in the game. Luke Marshall, exact same, seven, I'll say. Um, done his job, done his job very well. And that's why we put him above average. Exact same for Stuart McCluskey. Um, I think that he had an ex an okay game I wouldn't put him in the same level as uh, some of the other players but he done his job Billy Burns exact same 7 uh, John Cooney I mean for scoring 30 points your first game back of the season it has to be a 9 it was an unbelievable match and John Cooney just worked the match out and got it to go to his style his tempo and just completely controlled from his position just getting the ball out the where it needs to go, getting the runs where they need to go, and just working the whole field to his advantage. Um, Andrew Warwick, seven. Uh, I'm not gonna give anyone blue, like averages or below averages because I think it was such an amazing game, and I don't think anyone's at fault. And Andy Warwick is someone who had a good game. Uh, whenever it comes to the team game and doing his job. Rob Herring, same, seven. Uh, Marty Murr, seven. Alan O'Connor, I'm going to give a seven as well. I know it's a very boring rating, but, and I know that some of these players did get tries, but to me, a try is just not a bonus. It's not your rating. Uh, so Alan O'Connor is, is seven. I know that he is captain and he, he done a lot of the work to get people organized on the field and, in the field, uh, and and getting the team the work in a way that just allowed us to dominate. Um, Kieran Treadwell, seven. Uh, Matty Ray, Matty Ray, I would potentially give an eight. I think that he done good runs, maybe a bit more than some other people. Same with Marcus Ray, um, but. I think just because of how well everyone done, if I was to put them 
above certain other people, I think that uh, it would it would sort of muddle up the ratings a bit. So I'm gonna give them both sevens. Nick Tomney, I'll also give a seven. Um, I think that he had a good game, same as everyone else. He done what he needed to do. That that would be the one thing from this game that I would take from it is that you didn't necessarily see moments from players that you would then say oh he's playing really really well he's doing really really good but this person isn't he's missed a tackle or he's not got the ball in an area where it needs to go um it was more so oh he's missed a a, a tackle Oh, someone's just looped around and they've got the tackle. I think that that's sort of the way the the team was working this week. It was a team and I think that that's the way that you have to rate it. Um, it wasn't just singular performances in a squad. And, you know, you see that from what Dan Soper was saying. Uh, he was saying, we won the key moments uh, whenever Scarlets came back and that's from that team play you know he says uh you're saying to the bbc sometimes both sides look like they had forgotten about the defending part of the game that's because the attacks were so dominant they were so just running through getting out in the game and uh, i think it's put us on the uh really well worked uh system that can continue throughout the season hopefully especially uh in the the next game time for Ulster news what has been happening outside of the game and uh, any impacts that might happen in the club main story is probably Declan Fitzpatrick joining uh, David Corkery and Ben Marshall's intentions on seeing Ulster rugby and the IRFU uh, over concussion injuries. Declan Fitzpatrick, if you don't know, he played for Ulster between 2006-2015, making 98 appearances for the club and was very solid as a player. He's joining these other two Irish um, Irish players in the Sausage because during his time at Ulster, he suffered six serious concussions uh, with four of those coming in his last three seasons which is quite a high figure whenever you think of uh, how long his career actually was to then have that many in his last three seasons uh, it's quite it's quite big um, this isn't a new thing for Fitzpatrick uh, he had previously talked to Belfast Telegraph about concussions that he had had uh playing he said that he was having migraines and the series of concussions that he has had has set him set him back a bit it's making him having to readjust his life and uh he's not he's not clear to just go about his daily life there's issues that he has um in response to these legal hearings uh, the IRFU has issued a statement saying people in rugby have been moved by personal accounts from the former players 
as reported in the media, player welfare, player welfare is of paramount importance to the IRFU and we are constantly reviewing safety protocols for all players. My opinion on this, I don't understand how this is a lawsuit. Whenever you think about rugby, you think about the toughness of it and the fact is you're more than likely going to get a concussion or you're more than likely going to have some form of injury whenever you play at that sort of level especially whenever rugby as a sport has introduced ways of trying to reduce this through I uh sort of the 2000s is probably whenever it became a big thing you know there's only so much that you can do whenever it's a contact sport I personally don't believe in these and I think that Ulster shouldn't make a big deal of it. Um, I believe that we should just focus on games and I think it's important to mention this because it's always important to raise awareness of concussion especially whenever it has the potential to claim lives um, as we've seen in particularly amateur rugby that this happens but for you to be out of rugby for so long and yes there was uh, a fair amount of concussion towards the end uh, of his career but you were in for so long you didn't get you didn't complain you know and you kept playing even after you had this series of concussions in a row uh and all of a sudden you see these other cases coming out and you think I'm gonna join this. Um it it doesn't it doesn't really make sense to me. I think that some of the other people who have come forward the put lawsuits in against um their either their teams or the unions that they're in. Uh for them to put forward they've been more serious than what Fitzpatrick's were um, not to tarnish what he had done or I think it's something that isn't necessarily needed I don't think that we necessarily need to talk about it anymore I just wanted to mention it because it's been in the news um, I think that the focus should be on rugby and what Ulster are doing at the minute because what we're doing at the minute is amazing and I I hope that we can keep the focus on rugby and not go into these essentially gossip style talks um, at the end of the day it's contact sport that's my opinion something that you can let us know and we can talk about further if it's wanted but I believe that we should stick to the rugby and uh enjoy this sport that we love so much in a fashion that is safe and is making steps across the entire union um, to help deal with head injuries in particular and just safety of the sport uh, as a whole. On a happier note and a bit of a brighter note, Ulster are pairing up with I believe is how you say they are partnering up with them for a sustainability mission. Ulster announced that 
they are officially going into a partnership with Biffit for management and recycling partners. This is an involved in an initiative that Ulster is putting out the cut down on their waste in the stadium. Uh, especially on night match nights, there's going to be more recycling bins, more containers for segregated recyclables. Day to day waste at the stadium, food, grass cuttings are going to all be recycled through Biffa, which I think is amazing. We're getting a bit of sustainability in the sport, uh, especially in the grounds. You had John Petrie, CEO of Ulster, saying. Uh, we are all increasingly aware of the need to protect our environment by working and socialising in a more sustainable way. At Ulster Rugby, we want supporters to enjoy a great night out at the Keenspan, which includes access to recycling points throughout their visit. This will allow for fans to directly contribute to our zero to landfill policy that applies across the organisation, both at games and in our day-to-day activities. It's something that I sort of started to notice at Keenspan is that there is a lot of uh, just rubbish sort of left about and I think that if you have this, the new bins put about, I know that it sounds really dull to talk about, but it is something that's important, sustainability. Um, and you've seen in the last five years, Biffa have invested more than 54.5 million in these recycling initiatives and infrastructures that helps to reduce plastic use uh, across Northern Ireland. Uh, I think that's an excellent move for Ulster to start doing because as we know in all sort of sports environments there's always going to be rubbish, there's always something happening and I think that that's it's a nice nice touch to do uh, especially at the start of the season Get it out, run it through the whole season, make sure that you're doing the most that you can with hopefully the highest attendance that we'll get. Now, let's get into the other games across the league. Starting off with Zebra versus Sharks. I I didn't watch the game. I was in work whenever it was on sort of things that you have to do but watching the highlights I thought it was a bit messy it was a messy game uh, but it was close you know it, it finished uh, 42-37 to the Sharks and I think that you see where Zebra's improving a lot I think that the changes they've made have uh, have definitely improved them but I don't see them at uh, the top level that you need to try and contest with the bigger teams. It's the first time that I had seen the Sharks play. I didn't see them last week. Um, I couldn't find coverage of it. That's why we didn't talk about it. But they look decent. I mean, I didn't see anything special. You know, it it might have just been because of whatever ways ever we're playing or... Uh, the different styles clashing, but I think that Zebra were they were very unlucky to not come away with a win on it. It was just that them one or two mistakes that that one or two you know moments that you didn't get through. Uh, but overall, 
it was, it was a decent game, you know. Um, I think it might have been better if I could have actually watched. Moving on to the next game quickly, we had the Bulls playing Edinburgh. Now, this was a pretty quality match. Uh, very, very tight. First time I got to see the Bulls this season. Uh, I thought that Edinburgh were excellent last week in their decisive victory. Is probably the best way to put it. Um, so I, I was fairly excited going in this match. I didn't know what way the Bulls were going to shape up this season and it was very good. Um, you had the game finished 33-31 to the Bills. Uh, if I remember correctly, it went right to the end. And it was just a constant battle. Um, I think that what you had in the game was both teams trying to prove that they're ready to go up. They're ready to get back and uh, into the swing of things in the season. And... They were there to show what they have changed since last season into this season to get better. Um, I'm sure the Edinburgh fans will be disappointed, but it was a quality game, and I don't think that you can knock any of the players for trying. Um, I think I would say a lot of people probably say it's their game of the week. It's not mine. Ulster is my game of the week because it's it was such an excellent game to watch as a fan. Yeah, um, yellow card in it for clumsiness. But that was really the only thing, you know. Uh, I It's getting me excited for what we're going to see for the rest of the season whenever you have quality games like this in only the second week after quite a long break. Next up, we had Osprey versus the Lions. Another really, really close game. Uh, it ended up. 27-28 to the Lions. Um, I think that this is showing... It's another game that shows how good this season is going to be. That you have another super, super close game. I mean, you had a few runaways this week. <coughs> Ulster. <coughs> um, but you also had a lot of the bigger teams as well. Um, going for really, really tight... Uh, tight matches uh, I think it was nice to see uh, such a full stadium for it whenever it might have been another excellent game uh, you've seen everyone doing their jobs and it's really just going back to what I already said about the game. It's just getting me really excited for this season. And seeing what can be done. Uh, the Lions dug deep. Got into the game. And uh, I think that what you're seeing is just high performance after high performance in the league. And hopefully it continues. Uh, especially whenever it comes to Ulster obviously. But I think that. We'll see as the season goes on whether this momentum can keep going or potentially is it uh, not even is it just a one week thing is it just going to be the start of the season everybody's excited to be back um, or is this going to be 
a year that we see extremely high levels of play. I mean, every game this week. I'm going to go on to uh, Dragons and Monster before I start rambling on. Um, you had Dragons versus Monster. Um, Dragons won 23-17. Uh, Dragons first home win in 17 months. And to be able to do that against Monster is quite a big deal. Whenever you've been struggling and you got absolutely demolished last week. Uh, I think that it's another way that shows how good this season's going to be. In that you can have these bounce backs. Weeks apart. Not even a week apart. Not weeks apart. Um, And star players coming through. You know you had a, a very well formed regimented side in the dragons monster bit sloppy but they had the ability and the players to stay in the game for most of it um i think it's also great for welsh uh rugby that you're having dragons getting this win i think that this might end up sending them a bit further and maybe the work that they've been doing and their their rebuild is actually gonna pay off but only only time will tell obviously um, but I am excited for what's to come. And the other game of the week that we had been looking forward to seeing was Leinster versus uh, Benedon. Leinster, decisive win. Unfortunate for Ulster. It was 42 10. Um, starting Leinster's perfect season, uh, you would say. They're on. Same points as Ulster now going in the the next game and through throughout the game for Leinster, um, it was I would say it was fairly dominant. I think that there were times that you could have seen Benedon maybe getting a try, but I think that you always knew Leinster had it in the bag and they were going to be just rolling through. Um, it makes me very excited for what's going to happen next week. I say next week, whenever this is getting published, the game will probably be over. Uh, and I apologise about the lateness of this week. But uh, the game was good. And now let's get into our talk for Friday's game, which is Ulster and Leinster. Both teams are level on points after the two games getting the maximum points that they could Ulster are doing better on the points difference that's a main thing for us it shows that the dominance is there that can maybe be carried through I gotta say I'm glad that we have the Ireland players back but I would have potentially liked to see the Leinster match whenever we had a full squad uh, whenever we had the Emerging Ireland boys back but no matter what it's going to be an excellent uh excellent game and i hope that everyone's able to get down i could see it being very tight i think it'll go either way to be honest both teams have been very dominant and i think that's gonna set up what the what the season is going to be like for one team or the other 
I think that if you win this match, it shows that you're the dominant force in the league because this is my opinion anyway. I might be completely wrong. I think that Ulster and Leinster are the two dominant forces in the league at the minute. Obviously, you have the South Africans that are going to tear it up like they normally do. But I think that this is potentially the biggest match of the season so far whenever you come up to your parents. And I think that it's probably going to be the biggest match of the season until they play again. Uh, or until uh, you get towards the end of the season. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope that everyone else looks forward to it. That you can go and watch the match or else watch it on TV. Just make sure that you show support for Ulster on Friday because we all know that we're going to need it uh, with the way that Leinster have been playing so that is going to do it for this week's episode of Raven Hill Roundup next week it will be myself and Lewis back uh, hopefully we'll have some of your questions some of your points on the game who you think done best remember this is when we want you to get involved this is your space to do your talking what you want to say about the club what you want to say about players get involved on instagram on soundcloud like and share get your friends involved and hopefully we will win on friday i am really hoping i'm already ready for the match and i can't wait for it to happen so thank you very much for listening And we will see you next week.